Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Sprafcast with me, Mark Allen, and the chief trolley wrangler from Sprafco's. It's Eli Silverman. Hello there. How are you, Eli? I'm alright. I wouldn't have chosen that title for myself. No, but then you couldn't come up with one, so we, we cracked on. Um, yes, welcome back to the Sprafcast. Sorry, it's been it's it's taken us ages. Um, we've been busy over the last f- like five, six months. Yeah. How long has it been? A long old time. Um, but I've moved to Brighton now. That's <laughs> chiefly why it's a bit more echoey in here. It's quite boomy. It's boomy in Brighton. Um, it's not your ears. Listeners of the podcast. Um, it's just that we're now in a cave, aren't we? I think cave is pushing it. <laughs> Cellar. It, it, could, it could double up. A as bunker. A, it would be nice. In times of nuclear attack, we'd be perfectly safe down here. Mm. And yeah, we would. We'd be fine. And we could still keep recording the Sprafcast. Well, I'd like we'd, to think we'd, we'd like, keep that going. Well, no one would listen to it because they'd all be mutants. So it'd be the same as now. No, it's the people that don't listen to it that are the mutants. Yeah. Um... If you if you look on the uh, the picture that is associated with this podcast, by the way, you might see that me and Eli are, we're in the, we're in the dungeon. Um, Eli sporting a full beard, yes, and I'm sporting a tash. Great mo, mate. Thanks, mate. You're doing that mo for charity. That's great. I am. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for charity. Oh, I'm mate, your mo ridiculous. is so up tempo. You 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 have ill feelings towards Movember. It kind of annoys you. I, I like charity. No, but I'm, I'm picking up on a, a niggly vibe you have towards I have, Movember. I feel that it devalues the moustache as some kind of novelty item. Well, that is essentially what it, what it is. Come on, man. I know that you rock it all the other times. This is the beautiful thing. that Now it's Movember. You have strictly refused to have a moustache. That's right, because I don't want Australians specifically coming up to me in the street going, Oh, great mo, mate. <laughs> Great, Mo. <laughs> fuck off. But you're like, yeah, this is full time. It's a way of life, mate. You know, it's like you don't even mention it. You wouldn't go up to someone and go, oh, oh, great, the way you're walking. You know, nice nose, mate. Yeah. So do you feel do people mention it any other time then? What, my moustache? Yeah. Oh, man, you get... I just get Ron Jeremy. And people go, not like, ha, 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 Ron Jeremy. He looks up, but much more hostile than that. <laughs> like, Ron! Ron! Boy, Ron! So my moustache is uh, kind of only got a week left. It's going. Yeah. Why? It's, it's definitely going to go. It's just starting to take root. You think so? Yes. I think it makes me look ridiculous. There's that as well. <laughs> I don't really relish that. To be you honest, look like, I get rid of it. You look like a gay biker car salesman. Well, I'm in Brighton, so um, you know there's a lot of car salesmen in Brighton, so it makes sense. It's all right. I like Brighton. I'm, in fact, I'm very much enjoying Brighton. You yeah. enjoying coming down here for? I've always for enjoyed the night? a bit of Brighton. Yeah. And uh, you've got a lovely place. It's got a dungeon. We can do. We've got a dungeon. We can do the Spraff dungeon. We will. We will resolve now to uh, record Spraffs more regularly. We're sorry. It's been. It's been chaotic, hasn't it? Like I went. I, I was in LA as well. This is it. So much has passed. I've been to other countries and stuff. It was bizarre. LA. It's a weird place. I don't like it. I, I did a show, and there were. It was a small crowd, and one of that crowd was a homeless man who had basically just wandered in off the street and we thought, well, we've not got many people in, just come in. Yeah. You know, fine, watch the show, yeah. doesn't matter. And he sat down and I started the show and less than a minute into my show, he got up and walked out. A homeless be... man walked out on my show with literally nowhere better to be. He had no... <laughs> he would rather be back on the street... It's not, it's, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence when a homeless man walks out 
No. Of your show? No. Less than a minute in as yeah. well. It wasn't even just like, I'll give him a chance. It was like, oh, this is shit. They're harsh critics. Oh, like this is not for me. Him talking about <laughs> indoor things. Yeah. It's, it was a bit indoory for him, the whole sort of context. I did, however, see something fucking bizarre. I saw a pawn shop in tramp a... Tramp fight. Tramp fight in a library. Uh, I went into a library in LA and, you know, you would think that... I think libraries around the world, there is a simple rule, essentially, you keep quiet, isn't it? That's a universal thing. Uh, well, it, well, it was. It's being eroded <laughs> by modern youths really? with their devices. Really? Yeah. You see, I think that's a real shame, because I would thought that's one place in the world, anywhere you are, it's a bit chaotic, a bit noisy, you just go, oh, I'll just pop to the library. They're quite turbulent. Inner-city libraries are quite troubled places. I, I, yeah, and I wasn't expecting it, but these two... Tramps were having a massive go to the point that they came to blows. Either, was, but they're like, rolling around in the philosophy like, what, section. What can you possibly be arguing about? One of them's got the only copy of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. So what? And they came to blows and they had to be removed by security. Security? I mean, the fact they had security in a library just bothers me anyway. Oh, they have security in libraries. Why? Because it's public and all sorts but, of... You know, there are a lot of public places that don't have security. Like? Lavatories. <laughs> Weirdest noise to make. <laughs> the mention of lavatories <laughs> sounded as if you were really turned on by yeah. them. <laughs> oh yeah, say lavatories again. Oh, I want the security there. That's why I go there. I mean, LA was, you know, yeah, didn't like the fake, the fake death. I like the, but we met some wicked people there. They were really yeah. sweet, and we had a really good time. And the show was really well received. It's award winning, in fact. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The big issue over there. <laughs> loved it, loved it. Sprout, 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 sprout. In the last podcast, we discussed the possibility of communicating with another podcast with the same name. Do you remember that? I do. Um, Scottish gentleman. Scottish gentleman called John Dow, I believe, um, who also released a podcast called Sprafcast. Um, some of you might have thought that the reason we haven't had a Sprafcast in so long is that we both had it out and killed each other in a two-way Spraff-off. Uh, that's not what happened at all. We no. just got lazy. Um, and But he has not been releasing podcasts. Yeah, you know what? Why? That's something I haven't revealed. Did you have a word? I didn't have a word. I had a word in the shape of a mallet. You assaulted I, I showed the, him. the other Sprafcast? I showed him. I said, listen, son, if you want to fucking keep broadcasting, if you want a, a mouth with which to speak with, if you get my drift, you better change the name of your podcast. So what's it called now? Card. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. I didn't suggest that. I just went and threatened it. I just saw the panic in your eyes then. I asked you to improvise. Cut that bit out. Just go back to what did he... What did, what did he, what's he called it then? <laughs> go on. Have you got something? Yeah. It's better be good, man. So, what have you called it then? Knobcast. <laughs> I'll tell you where else I've been in the last few months I, w- I went to Buxton as where, in Buxton Spring as in Buxton where the water comes from it is when the water comes from yeah okay. yeah they have it's wicked they have a tap that is just like pure Buxton water you just go and fill it up that's a bit suspect isn't it why is it suspect it's a nice gesture they've got it they literally have water on tap why is that a suspect thing because it's just like 
Well, have some water. water. What's it's wrong not, with that? Tap it how, are you, how can you possibly see malice in that? You are such a suspicious fuckbag, man. Believe it's a me. nice gesture for Buxton to go, we got loads of water, have some for free. But that wasn't what impressed me about Buxton. What impressed me about Buxton is that I was there during the carnival. Buxton Carnival. Buxton Carnival. There are like thousands of carnivals up and down the country and they're always the same sort of formula. You will have a procession of local people on vehicles, usually flatbed trucks, with other local people dressed in ludicrous outfits. Floats. Yes, so they, yeah, they're called floats, yeah. obviously, but, you know, let's not dress it up. They are essentially just flatbed trucks with a bit of crepe paper stuck to the meshing. Yes. I'm getting a, a, a distinct feel for this carnival. Yes, yeah, so you've not been to one. See, I've been to loads, so I just thought... And essentially, when you were a kid, the Nuneaton Carnival would go past. And oh, you, there was a Nuneaton one? No, of course there was a Nuneaton one, man. We were a proper little local town. Um, but Nuneaton Carnival, essentially, you turn up and you get... Because you give them money, obviously, you throw them money. But when you're a kid, you don't throw the money to them, do you? You basically throw the money at people dressed as monkeys and bears. Oh, that's and terrible, you little... <laughs> You little Everyone does it. It's a rite of, it's a rite of, pa- of passage. <laughs> you know, I, I always wanted to be on a float. Really? You would have been hurt. I, well, yeah, but it's kind of that's part of the fun, isn't it? It's hey, danger. Pound, Extreme carnival. One pound coin could blind you. No one's throwing a pound at people. It's money and it's pennies or nothing. Uh-huh. Anyway, Buxton Carnival followed this same format, yeah. but was just a little bit, just a bit more weird. Um, was it pagan? Well, it? what I hadn't seen before was essentially they, like local businesses, are supposed to get floats to you know advertise the business and show that they care about the local community. Well, some of these local businesses just they just bought a new digger and drove it through the town. Just going, look, we got a shiny bit digger. We got a new digger now, everyone. If you need anything digging, this will do it. It'll be clean. Yeah, well. for a bit. And then it'll get dirty again like the other diggers. Um, I like, personally, I don't see what's so strange about that. I like a new digger. It, you know, it's, it's it's supposed to be a carnival, you know. It's like, you know, you think of carnival, you think in Rio or Mexico or, you know, these amazing... They've got diggers sort of, there. Yeah, but they don't bring them out in the carnival, do they? I bet they, they do. You imagine the outrage if in Brazil and you've got all the samba dancing and all the people banging drums and stuff, someone wheels out a new digger. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Make the high... effort, dickhead. Uh, it's not going to fly in Brazil, so why it would fly in Buxton, I just don't know. Well, one of the beautiful things I saw as well is um, that people get their cars, just their normal cars, and put a, put a couple of flowers on there, maybe some papier-mâché flowers, and drive through the town and go, look, I'm in the carnival float, look, see this? The best ones are the ones that, uh, and I saw a few of these, they have the boot, the car boot open. Yeah. They, you know, they put flowers in the boot. There's a lot of flowers. Yeah, a lot of flowers. And they put ribbons on the boot. And then they put their kid in the boot, facing outwards as the car drives around, as they're waving at the crowd. Nice. But it's a kid in a boot, basically. It's a kid in a car boot, waving at strangers. Which is a weird, like, the most flamboyant kidnapping of all time. (laughs) Wave goodbye to the people, love. She's going now. You know, she's going in luxury. There's ribbons and flowers. They've chained her to the jack. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be an audacious way to kidnap someone. It really it? would. I mean, if you're going to do it, a bit of advice to anyone listening to this podcast, if you do plan to abduct any children from Buxton, wait till Carnival Day. Yeah. They will mistake the uh, the waving for help as being a wave of joy. It, I think that sounds like a lot of fun if I was a kid. 
Come on, Eli, get in the boot. I'll stick some roses in there. Yeah, well, people throw coppers at you. Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 just kill me there. Yeah. I'll be just in heaven. So it's time for Poetry Smackdown now. It's been a very long time since we last did one. Um, you guess your mind back all that way. The last Poetry Smackdown topic was set by Adam. Um, and he set us the challenge of doing a poem within a poem. And the second poem has to be different from the first poem. Very technical. Very technical. And I think it's fair to say that you wrote your poem about half an hour ago. Yes, but I've been thinking. thinking. You've been thinking about it for all this time, just well, nothing constantly. else on your mind. Yeah, constantly. Super confident, Mark. Super confident. Okay, yeah. this is good. So I can't remember who went first and who went last. So, do you want to go yeah, first? Yes, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'll go first, yeah? You'll go first. Okay. In your own time, Eli, the poem within a poem poem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my poem within a poem poem is uh, it's called A Graveyard. Walking through the churchyard, crunchy with a frost, distracted by a misty wraith, found that I was lost. Looked about me for a gate, saw a slimy grave, encrusted with ancient text, and this is what it said. Wednesday commissionary, rondola, tablespoon, hoofers, mob raw, moose retard, foe quatches, big day out, concerns for kiwi stick, obstacle, earth mover, von Strimple, kitzel my lilies. Rubberneck, Overby, Linton, Quicksand, Oberia, Lugwort. Stood there, a-wondering what the epitaph meant. Decided it was a load of bollocks. And then, my friend, I went. Thank you very much. That was, um, certainly fulfilled the stipulation. That's a poem within a poem. It is a poem within a poem. Nice. Do you want to hear mine? Yes. For six whole weeks he'd borne a grudge against his English teacher. Not because she picked on him in class, that was a common feature. But the nature of this latest slight was what he took to heart as she critiqued his haiku poem and she ripped the thing apart. She said the metre was all wrong, the language too subjective and the crass attempts to rhyme betrayed a mind that was defective. The other kids all laughed with glee as Paul just turned bright red and a million retributions filled the budding poet's head. He decided that the best revenge was meted out through words, so he holed up in his bedroom and refused to be disturbed. For weeks and weeks he slaved away until the moment came that his poem reached perfection. He would unbesmirch his name. So the next day Paul strode into class and he held his poem proud as he asked Miss Grant's permission to recite his work aloud. Through the titters of derision, his old nemesis agreed and a silence fell onto the room as Paul began to read. My nostrils tingle. Unwelcome sense invasion. Teacher smells of we. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> a clear winner there. Very good. Oh, is that the first haiku I've ever written? I mean, it's not the most sophisticated of works, obviously, but... What is it? Five Because I never learned seven. about that at school. Haiku. No. It didn't, it didn't reach the Neaton, man. No. Well, I think we uh, skipped haiku lessons to go and build a carnival float. What's the next poem, next, next month's poem? Um, let us have a poem about something that we've already written, uh, spoken about. What have we spoken about? 
Libraries? Libraries. Tramp fight in a library. I've already, I've already got it. Oh, is it going to have to be a tramp? No, it but you, it could be. Probably will be. Probably will be. My word, this, this Spratcast is totally banging. Oh, crikey. Right, seeing as we're doing a new Spratf, we're also going to do a new feature. It's a special feature that Eli has insisted upon. Uh, haven't you, Eli? Well, you could say that, but <clears throat> I think I've got the, the good of the British people uh, at heart when I insist. That is okay. true. This next feature is a feature called Swan Threat Update. Uh, now, you, you may notice that in the past few podcasts that we've done, we've talked about swans quite a lot. The Papa Filter, Adam, um, introduced swans, uh, and we started talking about them and realising that Eli's had some quite traumatic experiences with swans when he was a child. And uh, he feels compelled to warn us all that swans are actually threatening to, uh, to take over the world. Is this correct? Well, th- I don't think it's, the, it's that much of a plan they have. They just want to kill all humans. So it's, not, it's not planned, it's just mindless. Yeah. And they also... harbour deep hatred for the human race. So do you, though, to be fair. I mean... But there's only one of me, isn't there? That is true. Yeah, Whereas if a whole population... A whole species... Of you, yeah. Of, of animals that are protected, protected by law in this country. Yeah, that's, that's the concern, actually, yeah. So what, what's, um, what's your latest update? Well, um, you know, I think everyone's aware of the threat that these uh, necky fuckers pose <laughs> uh, with their stupid, webbed, rubbery feet. Yeah, if you listen to previous podcasts, you'll know that yeah. swans, even when being rescued from being frozen in ice, will attack. They will, and uh, especially. most significantly when they're goaded. Yes, they're very As Eli e- found to his cost. They're very easily goaded. Very easily goaded. Not takes nothing. Just a filthy now, look and they're as, off. As a, a little tot of... Yeah, you could, tut, you could tut at a, at a swan across a frozen lake, maybe, I don't know, 500 metres across. And he'd be there, be on you they in seconds. They instant umbrage. Anyway, um, as a sort of public service, I came across just a, a brief uh, summary of how uh, policemen used to be... What is that? What is that book? It's just a, a it's a, a police blog. Okay. Um, but he's got a bit about how uh, he was trained by the RSPCA to catch swans. Really? Yes. Where was he? I mean, what was it such a regular occurrence? Well, you get, yeah. Because you've you got get, a designated swan unit. Mate, if you get a displaced swan population, you're talking about massive threat to children. <laughs> you know, you're kidnapping them. Yeah. Just put them in the back of a boot. Pecking put some flowers on it. Yeah, put some Wait, fucking goodbye. feathers on it. But it's a serious issue. It's okay. an issue. So they used to train them, and I think they should bring back this training, because I don't feel safe around a policeman who's not swan trained, personally. <laughs> uh, how to uh, catch them so and uh, move them on. Okay. So you start by, you would goad a swan into attacking you. Easy done. Very easy, as we discussed <laughs> it. You goad it into attacking you, very easy. It would rush at you, wings outstretched. And as the catching officer... You would stand your ground until the last minute, then dodge out of the way. This is quite involved, isn't it? Fucking hell, you've got to face it down. As you did this, you had to tread lightly upon its wingtip. How seriously, if a swan is rushing at you, there's no way you can tread lightly, especially the police. Mate, they're trained. Yeah, right. They've probably got their special lighter swan tipping boots on. How? So they're expected to dodge away at the last minute? Yeah. And, okay, well, I don't... I, right, okay, let's do this. I wanna, I'm going to be the swan. I want you to tell me how that's possible, because there's no fucking way. 
Right, if I'm the swan, I'm, I'm running at you from don't, here. I don't run at With me, the, don't be a no, swan. you've got to be the arresting officer. I don't, well, I didn't, I'm not Was it the swanning officer, what are they called? Catching officer. The ca- you're the catching officer. I don't want to be. You're, right, I'm going to run at you with my arms, my wings spread. I'm ready. And you've got to step on my wing. Yeah. I'm dodging, there you go. No, you see, that's not like, that was that hurt. Well, I'm sorry, you were being a swan. This is what I was saying. This is... The gospel. The, the swan is going to get injured. Just and more angry. How's that going to help your cause? This is published information, Mark. Okay. So's the Bible. Doesn't you, mean it's real. You tread lightly upon its wingtip, causing it to lose balance and fall to the floor. You then simply gathered the swan up, <laughs> holding it both you by the body to... and supporting its neck. Advanced catchers could then catch another swan. Without letting go of the first. Two in one. They take down two swans. Yeah. Can you imagine the skill that would take to get lightly tread on one of them's wings, grabbing around the neck? and what, Because that also implies that there are a few of them coming at you. Oh, yeah. As they, well. They like, that is, you know, yeah. if it's, it's like the Jackie Chan movies where he's in the middle of a fucking herd of bad guys. Yeah. Right? Except there's this one swan catcher being put in the middle of a tribe of angry swans. And well, he's just picking them up and not even hurting their wing. That's not going to happen. Well, you're need... going to kick some swan wing. <laughs> of course you'd you need, are. You'd need, a, you'd need more than one catching officer. You'd need Fuck, a... you'd need a whole t- group of them. you need a bragoon. A bra- yes, that's the technical term. A bragoon of swan catchers. Yeah. I mean, I'd join that club. You wouldn't. You, you're terrified of them. Hence your issues. Swans are surprisingly light, apparently. Really? That's because they've got no fucking soul. <laughs> they are 21 grams lighter than any other bird, apparently. They have evil in their nasty, nasty hearts. So you are essentially warning the people that... Uh, steer clear, clear of swans, ultimately, but... If you have to... If one's coming for you, you have to deal at it, deal with it. Simply step to the side as it's about to come on you. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> step to the side as it's about... It's upon you. Uh, deftly... Tip its wing, it will fall on the floor, then you grab its neck and kill it. sorry. So next up we have Papa Filter. Now uh, we haven't actually got him physically here, Adam. Uh, who was at the last few? Was he put at the last few Spravcast? Yes. A very welcome addition, uh, but he's not been able to make it all the way down to the dungeon in Brighton. So um, he's sent the uh, the pap through uh, through email. I am anticipatory with saliva. So I think I'm just going to simply read the story. A Chinese city staged a vinegar drinking competition as part of a bid to attract more tourists. It's a big pull. It is a massive you pull. Know, if I'm going, like, reading the rough guide, I look for vinegar oh, drinking contests. The town of Sarsons is overrun with tourists. <laughs> Organisers of the contest said it was also aimed at promoting the health benefits of drinking vinegar. Mm. Um, contestants were lined up and had to drink three 375 milliliter bottles of local vinegar. That's over a litre. Ooh. They had to drink more than a litre of local vinegar as well. Probably not the good shit. Not like balsamic, either. Well, you don't know. They might have lovely vinegar around there. Why haven't I heard of it? Ah, oh, it's because they're all drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It nev- it never, so, the, so the, it best stuff, the best stuff never leaves the area, because they all know the health benefits of they it. They have to drink three 
one after the other. First, they have to undergo medical checks to ensure they don't suffer from a high blood pressure, heart disease, or mental illness. That rules out most of them then. Yeah. What sane person wants to do that? Someone who has an uh, imbalance and has too much alkali in their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Local resident Liu Yejin won the final of the event by drinking three bottles in how long do you think? A minute. 28 seconds. That is. 28 seconds to drink three, basically three more than full cans of Coke. That is, but it's not fizzy vinegar, you know. That would be impossible. Oh, I bet it'd be fizzy when he's vomiting it up there. Fucking hell. Yeah. I, and oh, he's got his secret here. I keep telling myself it's not vinegar, but sour honey water. As if that's better. Yeah. Sour honey water. Well, essentially, uh, that honey way water. I can drink it so quickly. Oh, he fucking loves sour honey water. That's just like his favourite thing. I mean, he's already got a taste of sourness, so vinegar yeah. isn't that much of a departure. Is honey, it? What's honey water? It's not where they get in Buxton, is it? No. No. So he imagines that it's something else, basically, which is essentially how anybody deals with. Trauma. Yeah. Which he's being traumatized, yeah. basically. This isn't happening. Yeah. Uh, the, the opening of his sentence. I keep telling myself it's not vinegar. Yeah. You know, I'm in my happy place. I'm yeah. in my happy place. <laughs> sour, sour water. Sour, sour, sour honey water. water. Oh, yeah. That is funky. Why, well, that's, that's funky as a spraff sandwich with a pickle. A pair of Kung Fu sisters have. Given traditional dating the chop. Oh, nice. Nice work. So, they've given traditional dating the chop to hold a challenge tournament where only the survivors will get the chance to date them. So what? People are going to die trying to get a date. Well, you would... Just a date even as well. It's not like a wedding. No, you're not going to get to marry them. Not a guaranteed it's like, I get to buy you dinner. Fucking great, yeah. Like, these better be some fine-looking women. They sound it, to be honest. Really? Martial arts experts, Zhao Lin, 22, and little sister, Yin, oh yeah, 21, they don't give them measurements or anything, are to stage a three-day... No one's got near enough to take them. (laughs) Kicking the shit out of them. Can I just measure... Ow! (laughs) They're to stage a three-day fighting festival in Fushan, southeast China, another one from China, where only the toughest suitors stand a chance of getting through. First contestants must show off their archery skills. Why is that important? Well, say you're out, you're out with your wife. Yeah. Maybe there's a marauding horde of uh, war chieftains. They're they're hunting you down because you uh, you stole some curd or something. Yeah. And you know you're gonna need you need 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 your boyfriend to be able to pick them off. Pick a few off. Yeah. They show off their archery skills. Then they must carry a heavy weight over sharpened bamboo spears. What? Why would you do that? Why would they want you to do that for a start? It shows you're committed to them. You've not even been able to speak to them yet. Why would you be committed to them just Mark, because Mark, they tell you? Mark, talk is cheap. Walking over sharpened bamboo spears with heavy weights yeah, means something in this yeah. world. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Finally, they have to defeat one of the sisters in full contact combat. Oh, brilliant. Can you imagine if you killed them? I went, oh, yeah. for fuck. Not a good conversation, uh, is she now? Just prop her up. I'll oh, I'll have a go. Oh. <laughs> She's not going to fight me off now, is she? <laughs> no, she bloody won't. They have to beat her in combat. How weird is that? It's weird. They're weird, weird sisters. Yin, she sounds really, nice. Really? Yeah. I would... Would you go for Zhao Lin? What if I brought Yin out now and you had to fight her to the death to see if you got to date her? Ah, uh, no. Date her corpse? I wouldn't. You wouldn't date her corpse? I or wouldn't, you wouldn't fight She'd her. kick the shit out of you? Yeah, she'd beat... She'd, she could kill me in probably half a move. You know what those Kung Fu people are like. The picture of them 
Um, it's a very small picture of them online we've got here, but they've both got full face masks on. <laughs> you can't even see if it's worth letting them kill you. They're like saucy ninja ladies. How do you know? They might have no jaw under there. Just <laughs> half a face. The rest was kicked off in combat when they're in the womb. <laughs> She's holding a sword as well, for Christ's sake. They're serious, serious bitches, man. They come and they smack the shit out of your head. <laughs> not happy. They're we not tried happy. dating agencies, but the men we met were all too weak. We could beat them easily. You're not supposed <laughs> to do that on a date. That's not normal. No. They weren't in the wrong there. This yeah. is the thing. It's like fucking... Oh, it's been a lovely night, hasn't it? Yeah. So they come in for coffee and death! <laughs> I think it's fair to say they're welcome to them. Whoever, whoever wants to have a go, rock on. Rock you deserve on. It. You deserve it. Stroll on. You deserve it. He's and our brethren, this is Sprav Cars coming at you straight from the front, maybe a bit from the side as well, innit? A Serbian schoolgirl has amazed medics <laughs> with her astonishing magnetic hands. That's what it says, that's the first sentence. What a brilliant story. Well, yes. That is fucking brilliant. Ten-year-old Yelena Momchilov has been picking up cutlery, coins, and even metal furniture just by touching them at her family home. Do you know what, what? I say to that? What do you say? Bullshit. You bollocks. You've got some super glue. About the magnetic hands. Her mum puts super glue on her hands, super fast drying super glue, and she goes, "Oh look, I'm picking it up." Oh. I mean, it's been explained apparently um, by. An expert, that they don't really give his name, uh, who says, I'd say this is a kind of unknown biomagnetism. Oh, it's a kind An of... unknown... Yeah. Like, oh, unprovable, it out. Yeah. undocumented, basically, a made-up magnetism, yeah. is what he's saying there. More experts would need to join me in research what this is all about. All right, yeah. 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 This ten-year-old needs some time yeah. having research. They're going to develop her into a super man. weapon, aren't they? Oh, you think that's It's like happen? an underground military complex, and they'll have her they caged whisk in there. this ten-year-old away with yeah. her magnetic hands. And they'll train her powers to take down jets. I think, oh, she could cause havoc. She's only ten now. Yeah. She's probably quite playful with it, but you imagine if she gets pissed off with you. I'd like to take her down Camden, get all the pierced, piercing addicts. Oh, you imagine going. you could just herd up all the goths in Camden, yeah. but she could just, with a wave of her hand, yeah. just get them, like the Pied Piper, she just them, yeah. leading this sort of morbid parade of goths <laughs> out of Camden and somewhere happy. Yeah. Maybe she could make them happy. Well, if they've got piercings in their knobs, then she could make them happy, couldn't she? Good she's ten, let's not talk about this. This well, is a bit she's, sinister, man. She's, well, what? A ten-year-old if a ten-year-old off a prince Albert. If a ten-year-old with special magnetic powers is standing ten metres away from me and in a public space in your regions. and I say, right, love, move your hands or your mum gets it or something, and then uh, I've got an Albert, Prince Albert, and my dick goes up and down. Is that abuse? Is that yeah. abuse? Yes, it is. It's abuse of my mind. You've just put that horrible, horrible image in my head. It's, it's abuse of so many. If she didn't know what she was it's doing. It's abuse of it's responsibility. Early. It's abuse of her powers. It's an abuse of yourself. And it's child abuse. It's, it's, it is the definition of abuse. All right. Perhaps wait she gets older and then she could consent. You'd also probably have to get a Prince Albert. One thing I would not do is get the helmet of my knob pierced. You wouldn't? No. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm not interested in that. I don't know why. I mean, good luck to you. 
Is it, well, is it good luck? I don't... <laughs> is it supposed to be good luck? Yeah. No, I mean, is it, it's supposed to heighten sexual pleasure. Yeah, it heightens sexual pleasure. I mean, I, my sexual pleasure is fairly yeah. high as it is. I enjoy it. It's not like, oh, it's boring. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking boring. <laughs> I wish it was better. I wish I had a shaft of steel <laughs> through my knob. Yeah. Well, it's each their own, but... Uh... But not mine. No. Has some anonymous stranger got right up your nose lately? Why not let them know with lonely hates? I have a lonely hate for you. Oh, yeah. It's a local lonely hate. It's in Brighton. It's my first local lonely hate. And uh, I'd like to do it for you now. Please. You, local corner shop owner, purveyor of bread and milk and other goods. I bought some bread off you. I took it home. I left it for a day, I returned to it, and in the morning when I put it in my toaster it tasted a little bit almost spicy, maybe even tangy. And I looked at the bread, and you had sold me some mouldy old bread. And imagine my surprise when I returned to your establishment with the mouldy bread. Two slices missing because I had already fucking eaten them, you despicable twat. And I went in there and I pointed out that I'd just eaten some mouldy bread. And your response was not of an apology. It wasn't of placating my eye. No, it was just to suggest that... Oh, I'll just take another one. You fucking twat. Your customer service and your ability to spot mouldy bread leave a lot to be desired. Fancy a drink sometime? Maybe some toast? <laughs> nice. What a douchebag. What a douchebag. Not just like selling well, the mouldy bread, but like, wouldn't you be ashamed if you, someone returned the bread to you, you, you'd you be like, I'm really sorry. Maybe the first you know, couple of times. Have some free bread. Okay, at the very least, just be, just apologise. Yeah. He didn't apologise at all. He, he just kind of locked up from his Sudoku or whatever. It's when I just, like it happens all the time. Probably does. You know, if it happens all the time, I would suggest maybe check your fucking bread, you yeah. ignorant twat. Oh, he got me. Yeah, he, got he me. did. And I've got to see him every day now. He's my local corner shop guy. Despicable behaviour. Stupid money bread selling prick. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Spraff cast. Hmm. Spraff, spraff cast. So that is it for episode 13 of Spraffcast. We kind of, you know, I know we've been away for a long time, but I think uh, it's pretty much the same yeah. same old Spraff, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, ne- it's never never going to change. So uh, we'll be doing another one a lot more recently. Sorry we've sort of, um, we've, we've left you in the lurch for the last few months, but we, we will be back and uh, more prolific from now on. Next month, you've got to look forward to uh, the Poetry Smackdown competition. Uh, I might also try and get hold of uh, the guy that does the other Spraffcast, if only to find out if he's all right. He's not all right. I've got to protect our interests, Mark. Okay. I, I love this podcast, Mark. It's all I have. It's all I have. In this dungeon. So, uh, yes, join us back here for episode 14 of The Spraff in this dungeon um, next month. Thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye. Bye. There's no way I'd drink a litre of vinegar. Are you insane? Would you drink a, an egg cup? Yes. Of vinegar? Yes, definitely. Now. Yes. Right, I'm going to get Eli an egg cup of vinegar. Okay, fine. So, Eli, you have a shot of, I would say, maybe a hundred... No, probably about 75 mil. Yeah. 
So it's a sizable. It's a shot, basically. It's, a shot. Well, it's more than. Okay, you ready? It's the kind. It's like a shot of tequila. I'll do size. this. I could do this in my sleep. Okay. And um, afterwards, I would like, as soon as you've drunk it, I yeah. want you to thank the sponsors of the competition. Okay. I'd like to thank the local Henshui Vinegar Company. Okay. Okay. Uh, after you do the shot, I'll do the shot now. Bit. Okay. One, two, three. Oh my God! It's in. It's in. Oh, you, you went back for the dregs as well. Oh. oh. <laughs> Now it's got him. You tried to look casual. I'd just like to thank. His face has gone purple, man. You, just like you to, look like Michael Winner. I'd just you, like to thank the local Henshaw. Are you going to let me fucking yeah, thank go, them or not? I'd just like to thank the local Henshaw Vinegar Company. They've always been good to me. And uh, thank you, everyone. Your breath stinks of vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> 